0: Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit biteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good. Everyone, And thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Serge Beddington Behrens. He is author of the book, Gateways to the Soul, Inner Work for the Outer World. Humanity is in a great crisis of soul today, but there is so much goodwill around. As a species, we are challenged to start embracing a new story, one that enables us to be less greedy and materialistic and to espouse peace, not war, kindness, not cruelty, and heart as opposed to indifference. What we need is to bring more soul into the world. In this guide about engaging in inner work, to bring change into the world, Dr. Serge Beddington Behrens reveals how the healing of our personal wounds combined with the growth of our soul life leads us directly to addressing um, the world's problems. Sharing inspirational stories from his own personal journey of becoming a transpersonal, transpersonal psychotherapist shaman and activist he shows you how by transforming your inner world you begin creating important positive ripples that reverberate all around your outer one for more information you can visit his website which is surge and that's s-e-r-g-e-b-e-d-d-i-n-g-t-o-n-b-e-h-t R-E-N-S dot com. And you can also just bring up your browser and and, uh, do a search for Gateways to the Soul and it'll bring up uh, not only his website but also um, areas you can purchase his book. So with that, Serge, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you very much, Robert. I'm delighted to be on it.
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm very happy to have you with with us today, and, and um, again, you're joining us from Spain, so this is a, a special treat. I love to have um, international guests. So, um, I'd like to start with um, you know, kind of what was your inspiration? Inspiration is kind of my thing. So, what was your inspiration for writing the book Gateways to the Soul?
1: Well, I guess. I sometimes feel we come into the world hardwired for a certain way of viewing the world, and I guess Robert, I came into the world hardwired to see my life as about trying to make a difference in some tiny weeny little way i e trying to look like, and I guess um you know, writing books is one way I do it, as well as, you know, teaching spiritual retreats and working individually with people and giving lectures. So I guess that that's what made me sit down all those hours and kind of write a book, you know, like a person spends a long time trying to write a symphony or, or paint a <laughs> painting I guess one feels... Called to do something, and I guess what called me to write a book on the soul
0: is probably my own soul. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) It's like, say, you know, Serge, don't forget me, don't forget me. Uh So now, um, your last book prior to this one um, was Awakening the Universal Heart. So, how does this book? Um, kind of fit in or, or work with together with that book.
1: Well, they kind of link together, but the heart we all have and and we can um, activate it or not. The soul is something that we all have, but in most of us it's hidden like your delightful president, Donald Trump, has as much soul as you and I, but it's rather more hidden. It hasn't been brought into operation. As I feel is the case with certain members of his delightful Republican Party, and I just use this as an example because we all have soul but we need to learn to bring it into expression. Most of us stop our growth the ego stage. We, we yeah, okay. become an individual and we say, I want this for me and I want to get richer and bigger and more important. And, um, and, and so we em- embrace that path and we don't go on the path of developing soul which is i think why our planet well i know why our planet is in the terrible state that it is in today is is that the soul life of humanity has not come into sufficient expression because right. i think
0: right. yeah yeah, I was, going I was to just say, gonna uh, say Go uh, um
1: well well I will say that I think when that we know a person has soul when there's a there's a sense of gratitude, there's a sense of a. Desire to help other people. There's a there's a certain sense of love. There's a wisdom in someone, and I think that that our humanity has not yet fully developed, and that's why our world is in the state that it is because it's full of soulless people doing business that upsets the planet, making money out of the planet instead of trying to honour the environment and 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 so that there's an absence of soulfulness in the world and I think that's why a lot of people feel empty and they don't have a sense of purpose and why um, there's, uh, there's an epidemic of opiate drugs it's people who try to inside themselves with things, with more money, with being busier, with drugs, whatever it is, with sort of working very hard, instead of filling it with the real thing that can actually fill it, i.e. soul, that can, where, where we can only fill our empty lives from inside ourselves and not get the outside to try to fill us. Yeah.
0: So I, I want so to sense sense. It does, it does. And um the question that I have now um mm-hmm. when you use some examples of, you know, those who kind of um were so less or not so much um in time I agree <laughs> 100% of of that you know, of the people who are expressing soulless behavior. Now, one of the things you mentioned is you know, the idea, and, and the, the, what I believe every, everybody does have that, has a soul. So do you feel that um, with the idea that everyone has it, that it's the idea of having to um, be, become aware of its existence and then translating that into daily life? I mean, you know, because I mean, looking at those who whose activities you think, you know, they have no soul or like they just can't be, you know, or their soul. When you think about those behaviors, mm-hmm. you know, that they're doing that make you think that, um, is it simply that they're not connecting to their soul? Um,
1: well, i this
0: way.
1: I'll put it this way when we come into the world we inherit a story about how life ought to be and what is important in life and it's a cultural story but it's also a personal story from our family and the story that many of us inherit when we come into the world is is a rather soulless story all separate from one another that the main aim is just to to satisfy our own desires that um that that we don't live in a living alive universe and the story that that we inherit is one that forces us to be soulless i inherited a story i came from a sort of posh background, if you like, that I, um, after leaving a posh university, that I should go and be a banker. And my father was cross that he didn't see me um, um, into a profession where I ought to make sort of money and be interested in having big houses and, you know, creating an important social life. Because that was the story that I inherited. Other people on the other end of the spectrum inherit a story where they're marginalized, there's no hope, that they're not good enough, they'll never get there. And and we have all these stories about how we ought to live our lives, but they don't include the idea that perhaps you and I are on this planet for a deeper purpose, and perhaps that deeper purpose is to serve evolution to be part of the reordering process of humanity and that we've come into the world not just to be an isolated ego but that we all have a purpose and so you asked me at the beginning what the purpose of writing the book is it's because I feel a purpose to try to Support and assist other people, and I do this because I have clients all over the world to become more fully who they are. Because when that happens, we become happier. My life became very much happier. When I began to do my work to help people, and I'm not saying this in a do-goodery kind of way, because I'm no, not a do-gooder. I'm a little But 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 it just makes us feel good when we can help people, and certainly in right. England at the time of this coronavirus, um, a lot of people. Were saying how good it felt to be able to help their neighbors um, who were old people and they were buying food and um, you know delivering food and looking after each other and I think that we've come into the world to to celebrate our communality, to celebrate the fact that we 're not isolated we 're all part of one human family, despite you know whatever. Um, the color of our skin or what class we belong to and I think it's so wonderful what's happening in your in your country about black lives matter because I think that this is an, a wonderful expression of soulfulness that we want to help our fellow right. human beings right. all lives matter not just black lives matter everyone's life matters and I
0: exactly. think that that's what begins to happen when, when, exactly. when, yeah, yeah. Now, what you you know, you, you talked about, and I want to kind of you know talk a little bit more about the story. You know, the the idea that you know we're born into a, a story. We had the, mm-hmm. the, the the cultural as well as the individual. Now, um, how Obviously, that serves a purpose. You know, there, I mean, especially in the formative years, I mean, it kind of, you know, we, we go from that. Now, um, some of those aspects of the stories aren't very helpful to the soul. So, yes. how does mm-hmm. one recognize when, you know, um, a chapter of the story, you know, needs to change? or you need to adjust your story. Can you talk a little bit about um, that um, and and kind of how it fits into gateways to the soul?
1: I think that's a fantastic question, Robert. I think we realize our story needs to change when we're not happy living the life that we're living. And I have some clients who are extremely wealthy, they live in big houses, Um, they have fame and fortune, but they're not happy. They realize that their happiness, they think their unhappiness is because their houses aren't bigger and their yachts are not bigger and that they don't have more money. But eventually they come to realize that their inner lives are not alive. And what soul is really about, Robert, is depth and innerness. And I think that we need to feed our inner lives more. And I think one of the gifts of this pandemic, certainly been so for me, I've been able to read more poetry, play more music, do more meditation, hang out more in nature, And my inner life more, and I found that incredibly nourishing. And in fact, for me, I just share this, not able to do many of the things that I do because I travel a lot in the world. My life has become simpler. And actually, as it's become simpler, and I've done less, I've actually felt more fulfilled, and I've come to see in myself that I get nourished from within myself that what really nourishes me is deep friendships with people is being able to go with my wife and share the things that really matter, have intimate connections with my good friends, try to um, become a little more intimate with myself, learn to discover who is this person called surge, and go a little bit deeper what is the purpose of my life, who am I what nourishes me, so soul is about relatedness and depth and I think the sadness in many of our lives is that we live too superficially right Yeah, you know,
0: I think I I agree that this 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 uh, COVID pandemic is really causing people to reflect, you know, and and I think, you know, what um, kind of what is most important, you know, is rising to the surface, And Mm -hmm. many people realize that that may not have been their focus, you know, that their focus may be of things that are not working at the moment. So I think that also helped. Contributing to that um, that sadness that people are experiencing.
1: Well, well, I think also that the most important thing is that the damage we're doing to our environment and the disconnection that we have from our planet the the shallow relationship so many of us have with our planet reflects the shallow relationship that we have with ourselves. And so we continue to damage our environment. I'm saying we, um, perhaps all of us have played a little role, perhaps in our plastic bags, or we've had our investments in sort of money in, you know, shares that have done to the environment, because this is the important thing. We really need to wake up and see that unless we change the direct. Well, there's a wonderful yeah. Chinese saying that yeah. goes: "Unless you change the direction you're going, you're gonna end up where you're headed." <laughs> and where we are headed uh, okay, if we don't change yeah. our direction, Robert, might be over some nasty cliff. And yeah. so I so that's the role of of soul. It's 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 not just um this book is not just some sort of new age feel good and you know and your ego will feel better if you meditate more. It's saying look, guys, we need to change the stories that guide our life. We need to awaken to deeper parts of who we are, and we need to open up our doors of perception and realize that unless we change, kinds of difficulties will happen. I just sent out a newsletter, and I wrote um, um, an essay on it, call sort of intimations to the future and I suggested that unless we use this coronavirus to wake up, maybe we're going to need more severe forms to wake us up sort of maybe humanity is waiting for a really big shock, one that you and I Robert will not be able to deal with in our ordinary lives, and we'll have to change everything about the way that we live. Maybe I don't know. We will create such a shock for ourselves that we'll have to evolve. That we'll have, or so for, because because if we don't, we ain't gonna survive. So yeah. I am yeah. hopeful for the future. Yeah. I'm sure we're gonna make it. But but we may need to go through some more challenging times ahead.
0: Yeah. Oh no, I agree with you know the um, opportunity that this presented <laughs> to raise awareness of the impact. Yeah. I mean when you see fish in the you know the canals of Venice or or that the pollution or the, over over China you know almost evaporates you know when when you see those kinds of things that yeah. um so a direct correlation between our our behaviors and the planet um I I mean it was it was dramatic. I hope that like you that this is you know this was enough to make it uh uh, to make a shift, you know, in, in, the, in that direction. But I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical, you know, that, um, man has a kind of learned a lesson, you know, because I mean, you just, you know, here, um, I, mean, I just see that pendulum kind of swinging back, you know, a little bit too far in the same direction where it came from. And, and that's just not what we need. I don't think.
1: Well, my sense is that we need two stories to guide us in the future. One is Bob Marley: every little thing gonna be all right, and we're gonna deal with all the problems, and it'll be fine, and we'll all live in love and peace together, because it's all gonna be good. And the other story is: well, um, you know, the icebergs melt, and all the big cities will be taken over. Or, you know, or it'll get so hot that we won't be able to survive. I think we need two stories. If we just had the goody-goody story, then we'd all sit back and we wouldn't do anything. If we just had the baddie-baddie-there-ain't-no-hope story, we'd also sit back and just give up. Yeah. So the fact that we have both no sort of visions ahead means that it keeps us on our toes. You know, I'm yeah, on my toes. I'm not yeah. back. I'm trying to be on my toes, but in a nice, calm, and meditative way. But, but, but I need to be alert. And by the way, I need to say that this is not a religious book. I'm not a part of any religion. I feel that 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 one can have soul without being part of any religion. And a lot of religious people act so and many people who are not religious have plenty of soul and of course many people who are religious have plenty of soul but it's not necessarily connected part of a religion.
0: Yep. I just so, need to mention, yeah. yeah soldness has has no criteria <laughs> you know there's uh whether or not uh, you you have it or you don't um well um serge we're um about halfway through the show, so I want to take just a quick break um and I do mm-hmm. want to invite listeners if you would if you listeners if you'd like to call in, you can call in at six one nine seven eight nine four three five nine and for those listening um, live in, in the chat room, feel free to post questions there if you'd like. Um, and then when we come back from break, um, Serge, I want to talk about gateways. You know, the, that's the, the first word in the title of your book. So I kind of want to get an idea yes. of, of why you chose that metaphor and then how that fits in. Okay? Yeah, great. great. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest, joining us from Spain, is Dr. Serge beddington Barrens, and we're talking about his new book, Gateways to the Soul, Inner Work for the Outer World. And again, you can find out more by visiting Serge's website, which is sergebeddingtonberons.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Serge. Hi there. Yep. Uh, great. Okay, so gateways, you know, why did you choose that metaphor? Tell us about, you know, why you chose that and what what gateways mean to you.
1: Well, I used to teach retreats. Well, um, I've been teaching retreats up until the time of the of 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 the lockdown and um I would give them names like sort of gateways because I, because really what we're talking about is moving into higher levels of consciousness. And we need to find how to access these new levels. We need to find how to go through a gateway because a gateway is is like it's a portal of initiation. And I think that the whole of humanity at this moment, i just thought of it at this moment, this idea, where um, a gateway lies ahead of us, an initiatory gateway. Are we going to have the courage to move forward? Are we going to show um, enough selflessness and enough Um, humility and enough courage to move forward, to to go through a gateway into a better world. So I see a gateway is a place that challenges us. What qualities do we have in order to, to get through the gateway? And I've chosen all sorts of gateways. I've chosen the gateway of courage, I have a chapter on courage. I've chosen one, the gateway of the heart, of love, the gateway of relationship, because we can find a lot of soul in a relationship, the gateway of work. If we find a work that allows our heart to dance, it will be a gateway into soul. Um, um, The gateway of power, if we can move from a love of power to embracing the power of love, then we will go through a gateway into experiencing a kind of soul power as opposed to a Donald Trump authoritarian (laughs) dictator. I'm sorry. I apologize if if there are if there are listeners and you love Trump, I have to be honest that I fear for your wonderful country because I think you are the most wonderful country. I lived for 15 years in California. I feel a lot of America in my heart, and yeah. I feel tremendously yeah. sorrowful at the splits that you're going through, and I really feel that you're engaged in, in, a, in a battle you know, between the forces of goodness, and the forces of darkness, and yeah. and I'm sure that the American people, with your wonderful Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that you're going to go through the gateway and be successful,
0: but, but I also <laughs> I agree we, with you, we, yeah, we, we, you we, know, and, we, and also, I mean, speaking kind of in that vein, you have one of yeah. those gateways, with a gateway through our dark side, you know, and I it's my belief that um, what we have gone through here in, um, in the U.S. over the last four years is that shining that light on that dark side. I mean, it, it is. It is. Um, and uh, in a way, um, you know, how you talked about, you know, having to kind of get motivated, you know, that dark and the anger. In a way, I think that this is um, – was necessary for that kind of shake-up like you talked about You know that, that uh, we would
1: well, go through. Absolutely, and I have chapters that look at the gateways um, through the dark side because um, as Jung said, if you want to evolve soul, don't go and sit on a mountaintop but go into your shadow. So, So America as a country has a soul, all countries have souls and you are the process, as you just said, Robert, entering that for four years, you've seen the dark side the racist, supremacist, um, selfish, um, greedy side of your nature. And you've had to confront an aspect of your psyche that is painful to confront. But if you can do it, it will take you through a gateway, and you'll be further on than than you will. And yeah. the point is that we cannot evolve into our soul nature unless we also confront our soullessness. I went through in my life a period um, when I had, there's a crisis called the dark night of the soul, and I was about 30, and I was sort of humming well. You know, I had nice girlfriends. I was earning money. I was doing good. I thought I was a great guy. And then suddenly I was laid low. I had a serious illness. And I was in hospital. (coughs) And, you know, my whole world collapsed. And I thought, this is terrible. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And more soulfulness got born in me Out of the having to confront my ego, my selfishness, my manipulativeness It was a great gift And there's a crisis called the dark night of the soul And I think in your country in particular That you're going through it as a human collective And I'm sure you're going to get through because there's a wonderful, wonderful spirit, I feel in your country that there's the best kind of people there, as well as some of the worst. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I agree with you there. And and, and, and you're right. The and, same for my <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so now when, when um you talk about the, the book talks about inner work for the outer world, so. What would you say, uh, how would you define what the inner work is i mean how would how would one know um, first of all what to work on that then also how?
1: Well, that's exactly what I explore, and the inner work is really the work of getting to know ourselves, sort of not sort of getting to be um, absorbed with ourselves in a narcissistic way, oh i 'm worrying about thinking to myself all the time that's not getting to know ourselves but getting to know ourselves through a journal and so I, I recommend that we work with journals and we jot down our insights, we jot down how we feel about things that um, that we use our journal. To get to know ourselves a little bit better, and 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 we can and we can discover our our light side through through journal work. I mean, I have a lot of clients I work with all over the world, and I make them all do journal work. And and actually, and some are now beginning to work with this book because at the end of every chapter. There's exercises that tell them how to do the inner work. Like, I'm just, um, I'm just going to open. I'm just going to open a chapter on um, the gateways to power. Um, okay. I'm just opening it, and there's an exercise there. So, make notes on what you see as your current relationship to personal power. How much do you think you have? Where are you vulnerable? Do you need to work on to become stronger? Do you feel that the force of Star Wars has ever been with you? If so, what were you doing or not doing on those occasions to draw it to you, etc.? so that um, I show people how to do work on themselves, which is something unusual because the stories that we've all been brought up is that work is only something you go out to you don't go into
0: <laughs> right
1: so i'm you know, so I'm trying to help people to go into into their inner work
0: um yeah those the the questions uh, the the exercises in, in the back really do lend themselves well to to journal um to, to journaling uh so now, what what do you um, what do you feel that is our um, is is the glo- in the global sense what our future kind of, kind of what what does it look like for you to you that um, you know are we going to grab onto some of the, or go through some of these gateways or, or do you think that uh, there's going to be a little a little bit more pain before the results?
1: Okay, how I'd answer that is that we all exist at different levels of consciousness those who are a little bit more awakened are not superior Um, a butterfly is not superior to a caterpillar, you know it's just at a different stage of development and I think that we'll go through the gateways or that we'll confront that lie before us personally according to the level of consciousness that we're at. And I think one of the difficulties in the world is that maybe there's not enough as yet really wise people who are going to come into, into, into positions of power and, and I ask myself the question, how is it that we have so many low-lifers in, in positions of leadership <laughs> in certain countries? You know, sort of right-wing populists in about seven countries. How is it? What is it about, you know, our, our humanity that we've created such dreadful leaders? But where I am positive is I'm very, very positive about the young people. I've got a young daughter of 21. She's studying global global politics and human rights. And she's really awakened. She wants to make a difference in the world. And I think there's people awakening in all the countries who really want to rise up, who really want to be free, and I think what we're seeing in Belarus at this moment, they're saying, no, we're not going to take this, this old dictator. Um, and um, we're, we're going to take a stand for freedom. And there's an enormous movement for freedom and liberation in the world. And I believe in this. And I believe in its power. And I believe that it's growing. And I believe that the forces of goodness... The forces that want to create a new society, the forces that want to create a world that works stronger than those forces which want to hold the old stories down you know um, and um, I think a correction of our civilization and a new vision for our planet exists in the in in collective humanity and so I am hopeful because I believe in the human spirit and I want to give my energy to what I feel is emerging and not be worried about what is dying Robert because for a better world to come into being the old structures need to die one just hopes they don't die too Suddenly, because that's going to be abrupt, but they are beginning to fade away. certain things are not working in the same way, and that makes me help them um, sort of hopeful and yeah. I think I think that we need to embrace the death of things and not just focus, oh dear, it's dying, my old safe world is not the same anymore, but instead. Give energy to what may be being born as a result of this death that's what interests me,
0: yeah, I agree and um it seems that the um you know the shift in perspective from what's dying to what is being born is that it without a focus on um what is being born or what's being created? Um, that um, I think the destruction continues, but I think chaos. You know, a lot of times we're, we're seeing it seems very chaotic, and I'm just wondering if that chaos is just a uh, a reflection of the the ending of old without a a vision for new.
1: Well. I think there is chaos in the world and I think that when one sees the ending of a civilization and we are seeing the ending of a certain civilization and there is always chaos when things end. Um, The process of giving up being a teenager and becoming a sort of more grown up creates a certain kind of chaos because you're identified with being a teenager. You don't want to grow up. I didn't want to grow up. I fought against growing up. I was a teenager in my early 20s because I didn't want to grow up and there was the chaos. But eventually I had to learn to grow up. So I think we've got to embrace this chaos and and as I said earlier, recognize that the chaos is part of the initiations that we're facing at this moment. In other words, I think the inner work that we've got to accept what's happening in the world, but we've got to accept it from a strong and centered place. And the more that we can touch into our soul nature, the more centered we are, the stronger we are, the the more of ourselves we 're in connection with, the easier it 's going to be to deal with the enormous changes that are happening. But if we don 't have yeah. soul yeah. and and our lives are just identified with with you know if you like the old world that is in the process of dying. Then we're going to resist change and find it very difficult. I said earlier, we might need to have a few really big shocks in order to wake us up and help us cross over that threshold because we, you know, some of us will find it hard to do it
0: on our own. Yes. Yes, you know, in in a, in a way, I think you know the the ban- pandemic was um, a good um, illustration of being forced to um, wake up in in many ways. Um, uh, but then, you know, yeah. in yeah. our in my country, it's just it's just horrendous. And I'm in South Carolina, one of the worst states, uh, you know, in the in the states. So um, you mm. know, it's yeah. and to me, it just. It just blows my mind, you know, the the, the lack of understanding and um, consideration. You know, uh, I mean, to me, but and see, I guess maybe that's what's contributing to my personal um, skepticism or, or maybe cynicism about uh, kind of uh, where we could lead. But I, you know, but I, I agree that you know I, you have to have you have to have enough um motivate something um strong enough to motivate you into action um and and many for many people that 's just um something that they fear or something negative or something that dramatically in, 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 uh, affects your life that's that's what the, mm-hmm. uh, that's what yeah. motivates them so yeah, yeah. So, well, i'm hoping mm-hmm. we don't have to go for a you know from a you know, uh, a regular two by four to a uh, you know
1: a beam, <laughs> you know, to be us across the head oh. to, to wake up, but by them. Um, no, I you really right. hear that. And and i probably feel quite similar to you if I was in you yeah. know sort of living uh, where, where you were living. Yeah, very much. And I think yeah. you know that there is a tremendous amount of sorrow around. And perhaps we've got to use that sorrow creatively to not allow it to get the better of us. Again, yeah. um, I look at Joe Biden and you know the sorrow he had with all the deaths of his wife and his two children. I was thinking that if that happened to me, I would probably jump off a cliff. But somehow he's managed to stay with the sorrow and I think there is sorrow in the world, and I think that we've got to own it. And actually, sorrow is also an awakening trigger for soul, as I was saying earlier, a dark night of the soul. And so, so Robert, I think you've got to embrace your sorrow and not pretend it's not yeah. there, yeah. you know, acknowledge the relevance of it, but... but, but if you can imagine yourself sort of taking it into your loving heart and, and holding the sorrow in your heart, because our hearts are the great transformational mechanism. They're able to transform our base metal into gold. So as I'm talking to you, put your hands on your chest in the middle of your body and just Take that sorrow and feel it in your heart. And if you can do that work, then the sorrow will change. But, but the sad thing that what happens is that we feel sorrow and we don't want to feel it, so we close our hearts down. But actually we need our hearts to be even more there as our friends with us when we feel the sorrow. And that is a lot of my work with people. I help people all over the world. I work on Skype to help them deal with their sorrow and to take it into their hearts
0: because it's very powerful. Yeah, Um, exactly. So now... Um, you you rightly said that your book is not, like, associated with any religion, um, you know, and that's not a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to say that one of my favorite chapters was the one of uh, the Peekaboo God. <laughs> so, yes. oh, um, oh, yes. so, so can you... I'm, would you mind sharing um, a little bit um, about, you know, that idea? Because I think, again, you know, it's, um, I, I just, I, I kind of, that was one chapter that captured my attention, particularly. Oh, so so you can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Oh, so you've actually seen my book,
0: Robert? Ah, oh, yes. I, I have it right here, right next to me. <laughs> so, uh,
1: oh, my goodness. My goodness me. Well, the peekaboo God. Well, I asked the question, why is it if who you and I are is soul, why do we come into the world forgetting that who you and I are is soul? And if we can say that soul is the deeper, the more spiritual us, maybe the journey of becoming a human being is that we have to learn how to develop this quality of soul i mean and it's almost like if we knew that we already were one with all that is that that we were enlightened and we came into the world then what would we have to do? We just kind of sit down eating grapes. So maybe in my chapter, I suggest that all the challenges we face, all the evil we need to confront is all a part of the divine scenario of the cosmic game that we have to discover ourselves with all these all these difficulties that lure us to sleep. I mean, in my own life, when I was a young man, I was very seduced by the good things of life, you know, with sort of pretty girls and nice cars and, you know, and all the glamour. And it very much seduced me and it lulled my soul to sleep. And then I had some awakening experiences, one of which I described to you earlier, that actually brought my soul to life. And so my point is that if there were no difficulties, if there was no evil in the world, there'd be no place (coughs) for the Nelson Mandela's, for the Gandhis, for the mother to raise us, to bring light into darkness, for the Saint Francis's, for all the good people in the world today who are trying to make a better world. So so maybe we're challenged that life is a challenge to learn to play a higher game, a more evolved game. And so divinity is kind of playing hide and seek and it's saying to us, hey, I'm going to hide from you and see if you can find me because I'm going to and some of us live our whole lives and we never look and the divinity stays hidden. But some of us go through our lives and we have a little message a dream or or an extraordinary thing happens to us, we suddenly have an awakening experience, or a tragedy happens, and something happens and our soul is awakened. And that seems to be the way that that sort of life operates. So yeah. so at the moment I think that 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 God or the divine or soul is playing peekaboo with all of us saying, hey humanity (laughs) Uh, are you going to stay asleep and let your planet crumble away or are you going to wake up and do something yeah I agree
0: uh, yeah it, it's something. Well, gosh, we're down to the last few minutes here, so um, we could keep talking and talking. I'm I sure. Think but one is thing, is if we may quickly, is that, sure.
1: is that I'm kind of into helping people, and if there's anyone in the States who would like to do a free session with me, if what I've spoken about has brought stuff up you know, for you, and you're in crisis or you're you don't agree with me and you want to tell me something or you do or if in any way i can help you just need to get go onto my website search beddington Barons, and then you'll find my email address and how to get in touch with me there's also lots of um, of um, of of youtube Sort of lectures I've
0: given. Yeah, yeah. You've got let listeners know, Yeah, you have videos there. There's a blog, um, stuff about books. Um, again, your the individual and couples therapy that you offer. Um, so yeah, there's yeah. quite a bit of information there. So and, and really good videos. So really, uh, those are fun. So I'm very so, happy so, to be, to, be to any
1: of your to any of your listeners, Robert, if. In some small way, I can make a difference. No charging. And I think the reason why I say this is because I believe in a gift economy. I believe we need to gift things much more to our friends, and particular at this time now that we need to be generous. So this is not me being goody-goody. You know, I'm such <laughs> a nice guy. I'm just as ghastly as everyone well, else, sure, basically. I do want I'm to say sure that, that we all need to be supportive to one another, right. especially in these times. And um, I think it's it's one of the things that helps our souls to grow. You know, so
0: yeah, I agree. You know, I try well, you be a Yeah. Thank you for that And you know, and and if you know we believe in what um, we talk about, then you know by gifting outward, um, you know also uh, allows for more to be returned. So so it's um it's kind of a yeah. that's kind of how it how it works. So well, well, Serge, I really want to thank you for your time today. I've enjoyed speaking with you.
1: Well, I've enjoyed speaking with you, dear Robert. You sound a really lovely man. I'd love to you know stay in touch and um you know if in some way we can be in touch, I'd be delighted
0: that that um, would be great yeah we'
1: we'll have a we'll have a zoom cappuccino together <laughs>
0: there you go there you go that sounds like a good idea well, sir, thank you very much and and um again, I really appreciate your time today
1: and i and I appreciate the question. Thank you very much, Robert. Yeah.
0: You're Thank very you welcome. very much. Again, yeah. You're welcome. Again, everyone, okay. today, my very special guest, again, joining us from Spain, is Dr. Serge Beddington Behrens. And we've been talking about his new book, Gateways to the Soul, Inner Work for the Outer World. And, again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is com. And as I mentioned um, early on the show, if you just go to your uh, browser on your computer and just type in um, Gateway So Soul, you can also find out where his book is available and it'll also bring up his, uh, his website there in, in the queue. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again... Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.